Crossroads today. It's great to see all of you here today. Now we're going to start, our children are starting their worship today. So we probably have parents downstairs getting checked in and getting their kids all set and they'll be coming in, filtering in in a moment. But we thought it would be wonderful to start the service with some of their faces. In fact, I believe it's Lillian. Uh, reading scripture today. So you watch and listen to the word being spoken by Lillian today. Dear children, I'm writing to you because your sins have been forgiven. They have been forgiven because of what Jesus has done. Fathers, I'm writing to you because you know the one who is from the beginning. Young men, I'm writing to you because you have won the battle of over the evil. Dear children, I'm writing to you because you know the Father, because you know the one who is from the beginning. Young men, I'm writing to you because you are strong. God's word lives in you. You have won the battle over the evil one. She reads better than I do. Uh, it's what a great thing. So, hey, we want to welcome you to Crossroads today. Uh, those that are visiting with us, uh, we hope that uh, you have a great worship experience with us. And uh, we're excited about uh, you being here with us today. So we want to uh, welcome you today to Crossroads and want to uh, share a couple quick announcements. Uh, today, right after the service, if you're part of the greeters or our first impressions team, uh, we're going to have a meeting. If you'll meet me right down here in the front, right after the service uh, for about 15, 20 minutes, uh, we're going to do a walkthrough of the campus um, as we talked about at our last meeting. So that's going to be right after the service today. Also, uh, coming in August, we're going to have a game night, an ice cream night, uh, probably down in the, in the Family Life Center. And so want you to uh, remember about that. And this week, we had a great opportunity to, uh, to work in, in our community, to visit some of our, our neighbors and some of our, um, our seniors and shut-ins that aren't able to be here. And uh, what a great time. And for those that uh, came out for the visitation on Thursday night with our summer intern team and Pastor Jack, I uh, heard some great reports of uh, some conversations that you guys had there Thursday night. And so uh, we just praise God for all the work that was done there. Uh, also, don't forget Tuesday nights at 7.30 on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can get on there for our Tuesday night family meeting with Pastor Jack uh, as he just shares uh, some announcements and has a uh, time of prayer. Uh, that's Tuesday nights at 7.30. And uh, this coming Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. right here in the sanctuary, we'll continue our Wednesday uh, Bible study with Pastor Jim as he continues to go through the study of Hebrews. And uh, that has been a blessing uh, each and every week. And uh, I love hearing him teach. And uh, you can tell he gets excited uh, when he's teaching and uh, excited about what, uh, what he's sharing because of what it's it's meant to him so uh so if you're not uh if you haven't been coming but you're able to come this week we'd love for you to join us uh here at 11 a.m for that 
And uh, as Joey said this morning, our elementary kids, first grade through fifth grade, uh, have started uh, kids worship downstairs. And so uh, if you would, if you've got uh, friends or family or visitors that are coming, uh, they can check in uh, downstairs uh, there where the old office is. Uh, just come through the, that glass door uh, where check-in is, and Kayla and all the other uh, helpers will help you get checked in and everything. And then August uh, 2nd, we are going to start We Worship back. So, uh, so just kind of get the word out there. Uh, to all of our young families and their kids. So we're excited about uh, being able to offer that. Uh, they've done a lot of work uh, with protocol and cleaning and uh, making sure everybody is safe there. So we want to thank you for that. The last thing that we want to let you know is for the yard sale that our the Crossover Missions uh, yard sale yesterday raised almost right at $2,000. Uh, so for those that helped, for those that donated, for those that came out and supported, uh, we want to thank you for that. And uh, so all that money will go to help support families in the Dominican Republic. So with that said, let me pray and then we'll get started with worship. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you to be able to come together, spread out and distanced. But God, here together as a family of God to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, I pray that you just continue to be with the service. Lord, I pray that you would be with those that are watching from home today with their families. Uh, continue to protect them. Lord, I pray for those that are on vacation, getting a time of uh, relaxation and rest away from uh, work. And uh, so, Lord, I pray that uh, you would be with our families that are on vacation as well. And uh, Father, today, may you be honored, may you be glorified in all that is said and sung and preached. In your name we pray, amen. Let's stand together as we sing the family of God. And then one of the songs the choir used to sing is Build My Life. You hear it on the radio a lot, so you sing along with us as we sing these great songs of the church today. All right, let's sing out.
seated at this time. As we continue to worship and go into a time of prayer, uh, we do want to uh, lift up uh, one of our own uh, who uh, is a service uh, member of our military that will be leaving to go to Texas this week. Uh, I believe it's is it El Paso. Uh, yes. So Alex Leonard, uh, glad to have you home uh, in the States. And so uh, thank you for what you do. And uh, we are definitely going to be praying for you. Uh, as you as you head back, and I know Mom and Dad, we're glad to have you around, uh, even if it's for a short period of time. Right, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, join us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for men and women like Alex who have heeded the call to go and serve our nation. Lord, I pray that you would just be with her as she. Uh, leaves to go out to El Paso. Lord, I pray that you would protect her as she travels uh, that distance. Lord, that your hand would stay upon her and all those who fight for this great country. And so, Lord, I thank you for all of our military guys and ladies. Lord, I thank you. Uh, we pray for Hayden Graham and Cammie as uh, their newborn Camden. Lord, pray that you would be with them over in Guam. And Lord, pray that you would just continue to protect them and help them uh, as they begin this new journey in parenthood. And uh, so, Father, as we continue to lift up the name of Jesus today, Lord, I just pray that um, you would speak to our hearts through the special music through your word as it's opened up and preached. Lord, that we would open up our, our ears and our hearts to listen to what you have to say to us today. Father, because we know, despite whatever we read about and we see about in this country today, Lord, we know that ultimately you're on the throne. And you are in control. And that gives us all the peace that we need. In your name we pray. Amen. To tonight's Bible study. I hope, I hope not. not. She's been to every, every other one. When she, she come tonight? Good evening, everyone. Sorry I'm late. It's okay, but I've got to leave at 8. I have major, major homework. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, well, I don't think everyone is here, here but, but we can go ahead and get started. So, is she coming tonight? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. started. Tonight's study focuses on living out our Christian life in public school. Did anyone of you get a chance to? Oh, 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 oh. Yes, yes, Teresa. Don't you work? You don't, you don't even go to school. Thank, Thank you very much. much. I'm, I'm on online, online classes, classes in, in networking. networking. Why are you here anyway? 
studies better is because it's easier for you to understand. You know, because their faith is not as mature as yours. There isn't anything wrong with having new faith. People become new Christians all the time. But Teresa, you've been attending this Bible study ever since you graduated 14 years ago. It was a long time. Listen, Teresa. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. See? That's it right there. I need milk. No, 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 no. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Therefore... Let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death, and of faith in God. I guess so. I understand. Maybe it's time for you to move on. But I really like you guys. We like you too, but the mature Teresa. Lacey and I belong to the Young Adult Small Group. We'd love for you to come join us sometime. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give that a try. And so, can we please get on with us? But wait, I got one more thing. What now? Can the youth group use another PlayStation? Xbox is better. I'd like to ask everybody to uh, sing along during the chorus. And there's some hand clapping. I know we're Baptists, but, uh, you know, 
You can do a little hand clapping. This revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart. Sunday morning, hallelujah, and it's lasting all week long. Can you hear it? Can you feel it? It's the rhythm of a gospel song. Once you choose it, you can't lose it. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I got an old church choir singing in my soul. I got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing cause I've been restored. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Valleys. That I wander, turn to mountains that I can't climb. You are with me, you never leave me. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I got an old church choir singing in my soul. I got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. Got a heart overflow. Been restored There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy Clap your hands and stomp your feet Till you find that gospel beat Cause he's all you'll ever need all you'll ever need Clap your hands and stomp your feet Till you find that gospel beat Cause he's all you'll ever need He's all you'll ever need I've got an old church choir Singing in my soul i got a sweet salvation And it's beautiful I've got an old church choir Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much, Leonard, for waking us up if we weren't awake. I want you to sing that at my funeral. I'm not planning on going anywhere anytime soon, but, but, but uh, man, thank you for singing that this morning. If you got your Bible open to 1 John, I know the screen says 1 Timothy, that's my mistake. 1 John, right chapter and verse, but wrong book. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to get started in just a minute. And uh, let me add to... Uh, Heath, uh, thank you to Alex for being with us today. We've been praying for you and will continue to. So thanks for gracing us with your, uh, with your presence today. We are so grateful. And I want to say a great big thank you to you, our church family. Wow, what a way to spend a few hours on a Saturday morning 
uh, raising a couple thousand dollars for missions. So can we give yourselves a big hand? Thank you, thank you. Uh, I know many of you, many of you said, uh, I got a few texts uh, yesterday and, and they said, I, I forgot, I, my garage is still full of stuff. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. It's okay. I know uh, maybe your spouse, uh, like mine, was saying, why don't we get rid of some of this stuff? Um, you'll have your opportunity. You will have your opportunity. So First John chapter 2, we're going to get into God's Word in just a minute. Uh, part of the team that helped make yesterday happen, and they have been doing a lot around our church this summer as our summer staff, and uh, hopefully you've heard from at least one of them. Uh, during this crazy season of life that we find ourselves. But their last Sunday with us is next Sunday. I can't believe the summer is, it uh, doesn't feel like it temperature-wise, but their last week with us will be next Sunday. And so Madeline, come on up. Madeline is here, and I just asked her uh, briefly this morning to share a little bit of her testimony with us uh, before she leaves next week. Good morning. And just to reiterate what Pastor Jack just said, thank you so much for your generosity, your hospitality this summer. Um, and for helping us with the yard sale, that is going to be a huge relief to the mission of the Dominican Republic, so thank you. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Madeline Johnson, and I'm a senior at Southern Wesleyan University this year, and I'm studying social sciences and human services. I'm also I'm from York, South Carolina, so not too far. I grew up in the upstate, so thank you again um, for having us this morning. I, Jack asked if I would share a part of my testimony and, but he asked if I would specifically share about a way that I have grown up spiritually. And so I began thinking about that. And honestly, I think that for all of our testimonies, it's just a bunch of examples of God's faithfulness to us. And they're all ways that have, he's caused us to grow up in him. Um, but there are two lessons that have been, I think could probably sum up my story. And the first of, of those is simply reading the Bible. And it sounds so simple, but it's been a huge part of who I am and how I act the decisions that I make. At 16, um, when I was in high school, I became so burdened by injustice in our world. I remember crying myself to sleep at night. The grief was so heavy. My body felt heavy with grief for injustice like human trafficking and prostitution, for abortion, um, for modern-day slavery. And so I didn't know what else to do other than to turn to Scripture. And so I began reading and spending hours at a time in the Word. And during this season, I began to find answers about how to live in the face of injustice, how to fight um, injustice by living a godly life, these very practical implications that the gospel has for us as to how we should live. And I also began to learn what it is to just practice hoping when there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope other than the reason that God is faithful. And since those high school years, I've continued to learn the importance of reading scripture. And I do want to challenge you with that this morning, that there is no other way to grow up in the Lord than to read the Bible. And seasons of my life when I've struggled to do that are just proof to that point. The second lesson that has made me grow up spiritually is one of thankfulness. In the Psalms, it says that the key to entering the presence of God is by praise and thanksgiving. And if you feel far from God, you can start by being thankful to him. Um, it has always, it's a key into his presence for me. It always has been. And this is something that the Dominican people have taught me, the practice of thankfulness. 
in the face of severe loss, in the face of suffering. I've never met a people who are more thankful and more grateful. Um, I've talked to people who have just lost everything due to a flood, and they, they have nothing left. They held their children above water in the flood. And they said, just thank God that we're alive. But there's one specific example I want to share with you um, from a journal entry I wrote from one summer in the Dominican. So I'll read it to you. It says, she handed me two unripe mangoes her family picked earlier that day from trees that were not yet ready. Minutes before this, hot tears were dripping off her cheeks onto the concrete floor of her small house. And in my broken Spanish, I had asked her how she was, and she opened her heart to me like she had opened her home. She said, my, my husband's motorcycle is broken, so he can't go to work. We don't have money for food. All we have is, is these unripe mangoes. She didn't want help, only prayer, and so I prayed. But before I left, she gave me those mangoes. I really had no need or desire for them, and I didn't want to accept them. But she insisted, and in the Dominican culture, you don't reject a gift. I kissed her cheek, thank you, and dropped the mangoes in my book bag where they fell in place next to my Bible. I walked out of her house, and the face of my heart fell in the dirt. Her young family was starving, yet she chose generosity. I just received the priceless gift of sacrifice. It's said in giving we receive, but I've grown to think that sometimes in receiving we give. When we only give, we control what and how much is given. It doesn't usually make us admit our humanness. In fact, our put-togetherness seems to be measured by how much we can give. But when we receive, the situation is out of our control. We accept the best, or sometimes worst, gifts with gratitude, and that makes us vulnerable. To say a genuine thank you for something we don't need is letting the tables of the relationship be turned. And some might even call it debt. But vulnerability is not debt. When we're vulnerable enough to receive, others are accepted at the cost of our own pride. In this same way, receiving Christ costs us our lives, our right to control. It requires us to admit our need. It enables us to humbly give him thanks. We find the faces of our hearts pressed against the dirt in gratitude. Because sometimes saying thank you is the most that we can give back. So I must receive the sacrifice and live vulnerable to the gift giver. For in receiving those sour mangoes, I'm beginning to learn the thankfulness of giving my life. And to this day, when I flip through the pages of my Bible, I see pages that are literally stained with mango juice. It's a reminder for me to receive Christ's sacrifice. It reminds me to give when I don't feel like I have much left to give. And it reminds me to go ahead and begin thanking the Lord, even when I don't see a way out of the suffering that I'm in. And so I pray that thankfulness will continue to stain my life, and that it will stain your life, like mango stained my Bible. And that as believers, that we would be known out of our love, love that only flows out of a thankful heart. Thank you. Thank you, Madeline. 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, uh, we're going to read just a few verses this morning, starting in verse 12, 
that go right along with what Madeline is talking about and what I've seen even in the lives of our college students this summer, that they are growing and uh, we are growing. One, one of the great challenges, while you've got your finger on 1 John 2, we will get there, I promise. One of the great challenges of this pandemic and this virus for, uh, for your church staff and leaders is we've been praying that when we come out on the other side, we will have grown, we will have grown spiritually. And just to be really honest, my concern is, continues to be, just for, maybe it's just for me, not so much for you, is that when we do come to the other side, that we won't come out thinking, let's just get back to life as normal, business as usual. Because if so, we've totally missed perhaps what God wanted to teach us during this time. And there, there is a process of growing up spiritually. And the text here in 1 John is going to identify some things for us that will show all of us in this room, including the preacher, where we are this morning spiritually. Sometimes, i got to be honest, it's hard for me to determine where I am spiritually. Where am I on this spectrum? I, I know that I have accepted Jesus, and He's my Lord, and so I know that I've been born again. The Bible talks about being born again. Nicodemus and Jesus uh, had that story. Uh, in John chapter 3. So I know that that's happened to me, but after that, what happens? And you don't hear a lot about this in church anymore, but it's a real big fancy spiritual Bible word called sanctification. And that word means that we are growing, we are becoming more and more like Jesus as we grow spiritually. If we're not, then something is wrong. And one of my concerns about a lot of uh, believers, uh, and I'll use that in quotes, in churches across North America is I wonder sometimes, are we just maturing church members or are we growing in our maturity spiritually as believers and followers of Jesus? Because there's a big difference. And First John identifies some of these, so let's look at it together. It's only, only a couple, two, three verses, but he says some very powerful things. And I'm so grateful for that. We saw that on video just a little while ago. Verse 12 of chapter 2, he says, I'm writing to you little children... And literally, little children is almost a visual of toddler age. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who's been from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, young women, young teenagers, because you have overcome the evil one. I'm writing to you, children, because you know the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I think I, just, I think I just heard that in a previous verse. He's repeating himself. And then he says, I've written to you, young men, because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So this morning, with the Lord's help and with our, with our Bible as our guidebook this morning, we're going to look at each of those categories that... 1 John chapter 2 describes, we have, we have spiritual babies, toddlers, we have spiritual teenagers, young men, young women, we have spiritual parents or spiritual adults, spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers. And so let's start with what the first one, he talks about little children. In verse 12, I write to you little children, children, spiritual babies, is that first category, spiritual babies. What does he say about spiritual babies? I like that. Verse 12 says, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Is, anybody, is that good news for anybody in here? Your sins are forgiven? I started trying to add this up, and I lost count because I thought, okay, when I was maybe, if, if I didn't sin when I was a toddler, which my mom and dad would tell you, oh, yes, he did. Yes, he did. 
But let's just say it, it took till I was 10 years old maybe to sin. I'm 51 now, I think. So if I sin, let's just say I sin once. Is that right, 51? I'm asking my wife because I can't remember. You get a certain age right and you don't count anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, amen, amen. So for 41 years, let's say from 10 to now, let's just say I sin once a day. That's 365 days in a year times 31. That's a lot. The Bible tells us that there's none righteous, no, not one. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the free gift of God, we don't get the wages we deserve, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And so I'm grateful that my sins are forgiven. That is awesome news. I want you to think about this week. This last week, last month, have you failed God? I have. Is there anywhere where you, where you failed God or you've let God down and you know, wow, Lord, I, wow, that's, that's, I, I sinned against you. I, I failed you. Can I give you some good news? You're forgiven. Whew. You confess your sins, call upon the name of the Lord and confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Now, some of us don't, that's hard to swallow sometimes. We see people who have lived maybe a life habitually of sin. Maybe they've even done something against you that's been grievous. Maybe they've hurt you. They've hurt your family. Maybe they have even served prison time. And they come out on the other side and maybe they have a life-changing experience with Jesus in prison and they come out and something within us, if we're honest, sometimes something within us goes, they need to pay for How could Jesus just all of a sudden wipe the slate clean? Because of the cross. That is excellent news. Your sins have been forgiven. But he also says to young children, he says something else. He says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. But he also says at the end of verse 13, I write to you, little children, because you know the Father. You know, so far, I know technology, we have advanced a long way. But so far, as far as I know, now maybe something I missed in the news last night and it's changed. You, you correct me if I'm wrong. But so far, everybody in here and everybody that is born has a father. I know we have gotten really good with technology, but so far, as far as I know, it takes a father, okay? So everyone in here has a father, but I also recognize that for a lot of us, maybe you didn't know your real father, your physical father, your biological father. But John is telling us here, the good news about being a spiritual baby is not only are your sins are forgiven, but you know you have a father. How do you have a father? Because you've been spiritually born again, and now your father, your heavenly father, is God Almighty as your father. I know some of us may not have had a good relationship with our earthly father. I thank God, I thank God, I thank God every day for my earthly father. And sometimes because we're a lot alike, don't say anything, sweetheart. I know she's going to nod. <laughs> we sometimes clash. But you know what? My father, earthly father, I'm thankful for. His dad took his life when he was... Not even a teenager. So he's had to wing it a little bit. But he's done awesome. 
But you know what? As great as my earthly father is, maybe you didn't have a great earthly father. As great as mine is, and maybe not as great as yours might have been, our heavenly father God is so much more awesome and better than any earthly father we could ever have. Because he loves us unconditionally. And if you know that your sins are forgiven, which is awesome news, and you know you have a father, guess what? As great as that is, what John is saying is, ladies and gentlemen, that is spiritual baby food. Being a spiritual baby. It's great news, but God wants us to grow up. I I almost thought about doing this this morning, but you would have thought, you guys would have thought I was, we already think I'm crazy, so it really probably wouldn't have mattered much. But I almost thought about walking up here on the, on the platform this morning with a baby bottle and, and maybe even putting a big white sheet around me like a diaper. And you would look at me like, what is he doing? How crazy is that? How crazy is it that some of us who have known Jesus, so we say, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years, spiritually speaking, we might still be over here as spiritual babies. That's not God's intention for us. God wants us to grow up. As a matter of fact, I believe it was Paul who said, you know what, some of us, we're we're craving that milk, but God has so much more in the Word for us. He has some deeper meat of the Word for us, but we're still down here drinking the, the milk. So God wants us to move from being a spiritual baby to being a spiritual adult. You say, Jack, what does a spiritual baby look like? Same thing a physical baby looks like. A physical baby... It's been a long time since my kids were this age. Praise God, they have grown up. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Some of you remember those sleepless nights. Some of you remember, I don't know if they need changing or they need food or they need to go out and sit outside in the yard by themselves. I don't know what they need. I can't figure out. And some people that I would talk to and Lynette would talk to, well, there's different cries. Can you not distinguish the different cries? No. No, I could not. I could not. Now, she could, but I couldn't. It was all one cry. But physical babies are very similar to us spiritually. You know what? Physical babies, if someone doesn't feed them, they die. Folks, if we, during especially this pandemic, we come to church and we're wanting things to get back to normal, as much as I love sharing the Word, and Heath and others in our church love sharing the Word, if you only come to church... And you show up one Sunday a week, that's the only time that you eat spiritually. I'll give you a money back guarantee you're going to spiritually die. We've got to feed ourselves. Young people, if we show up on Bible study for fuel once a week and we expect Pastor Heath to give us a spiritual baby cookies and a week passes by and we don't get into God's word, you will spiritually die. You will spiritually die, I promise you. God wants us as we just like physically, we are a baby and we start learning. Remember when my kids learned to pick up that fork? Look out, because once they learned to pick up that fork by themselves, I mean, everything they could find was going in. And Jesus wants us spiritually to grow up, to move from being a spiritual baby to being a spiritual teenager to being a spiritual adult, a spiritual parent. So what does he say about being a spiritual teenager? He says a couple of things about being a spiritual teenager. Verse 13 says, I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the evil one. Verse 14, he says, again, I write to you, young men, because you're strong and the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the evil one. Two things about being a spiritual teenager. Here's the first one. You've overcome the evil one. 
Do you understand that you and I, spiritually, we have overcome the evil one. If we continue to fight against the enemy with some of those same temptations that seem to bombard our lives every single day, it might be a sign to to myself or to you if you're in that situation that you're a spiritual teenager because you're still doing battle and haven't quite realized that you have overcome the evil one. I remember being years and years ago with a friend of mine and we were at a youth conference. And uh, he was a musician and an artist and he had his cassette tapes and CDs. I guess maybe he had CDs back then, I don't know. But he had them at his music table and I was kind of backstage sitting with him and somebody came in, his name was Jimmy, and somebody came and said, Hey, Jimmy. You need to come out to your table where your CDs are because there's a, there's a mom there with a young girl and they want to talk to you. And he said, oh, okay, I'll come right out. And she said, I don't want to scare you, but I think the young girl might be demon-possessed. And so he looks at me and says, do you want to go with me out to the table? And I said, no. <laughs> she came to your table. See ya. Don't want to be ya. Have fun. And I remember him telling me this story after the fact. He said he walked out and he's going down the hallway of this conference center and he's headed to his table. And he said as he was walking, he was just thinking of all these scriptures. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I've overcome by the word of the testimony and the blood of the Lamb. I mean, he was quoting all this scripture. He said, by the time I got to my table, he said, I felt like I was spiritual Rambo. I was ready to overcome the evil one. Long story short, she wasn't demon-possessed. She had been involved in some just... Incredible trauma as a young child. But he said during that walk from the, from the green room out to the table, he said, I started to realize who I am in Jesus. If you're a spiritual teenager, you start to realize who you are in Jesus. You're not who the enemy says you are. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation washed by the blood of the Lamb. All powerful, not because of you, but because of Jesus who lives in you. Sometimes we, we buy the lie of media. I can't remember if I've done this with our church family or not, but we play opposites. Like if I say white, you would say black. Or if I say own, you would say right, left, God. Some people say Satan. No. No. Satan's not the opposite of God. God's one of a kind. Our world wants us to think that. That there's these two dueling forces that God's over here in this corner of the ring and Satan's over here in this corner. No, God can crush Satan like that. Satan may have a little bit of power, but he's not all-powerful, all-knowing, omniscient, can be everywhere at one time. No way. As you grow becoming a spiritual teenager, you realize, again, it's not you, it's not me, it's not our strength. It's the power of the Holy Spirit through us that can allow us to say no to temptation and yes to Jesus. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us, like we did some of us on Thursday night, to go to complete strangers' houses and knock on the door and say, how can I pray for you? That's not normal. That's not normal. How do you do that? You start realizing that you've overcome the evil one. You say, well, Jack, how do you do that? I'm so glad you asked me that question. Because he tells us how we do it. He says in verse 14, young men, you're strong. You've overcome the evil one. How does he say it in the middle? Because the word of God abides in you. Going back to being a spiritual baby, we have got to feed ourselves this word. 
Church family, I love you so much. Again, I, I love sharing God's word, but please, please, please do not be solely dependent on your pastors to feed you the word of God. You won't make it. I'd love for us to have services seven days a week, but some people got to work. <laughs> right? You have to work. You have to do life. And actually, that would actually go against what God wants us to do. Part of the great thing of this pandemic is the church has left the building. God wants us in the world impacting people with his word. And we are a walking representation of that as we let God work through us and live through us. So the way we overcome the evil one, the way we get through life, the way we get through pandemics, the way we get through temptation, the way we get through bumps in our marriage, the way we deal with wayward children, the way we deal with everything is this book right here. Young people, let me encourage you, get in God's word and memorize it as quick as you can because the older you get, the harder it will be to memorize it. Can I be honest with you? The verses that I've been quoting to you this morning that aren't anywhere on any notes, they're not written down up here, that are just coming like that, are verses of Scripture I memorized when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Not when I was 20, 25, 30, because my memory was starting to fail already. <laughs> so get into God's Word. Get into God's Word. It is what will help us overcome the evil one. And if you're a spiritual teenager, that is the point where you can start taking the word of God, feeding yourself, helping yourself grow. Don't revert over here. That, oh, feed me. What's a, what's a physical baby do? God wants us to grow. He wants us to start feeding ourselves. Spiritual teenager. But there's one more category that he mentions. And that is a spiritual parent. A spiritual parent. An adult. A spiritual father. And as much as I'd love to find two points, there's only one. Because he says it twice. Which makes it easy. At the end of verse 13. Or verse, beginning of verse 13. He says, I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. Verse 14, the beginning of it, he says, I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. Spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, know God. When the chaos of the world happens, they're like a tree firmly planted. And when the winds of craziness happen, they don't even move, they don't even budge. Is that you? You're going, well, I have no idea where this confidence comes from because it's not in me, but I'm, I'm not worried about all this stuff going on. I know who, am, who I am, have believed in, and I'm persuaded that he is fully able to keep that which I've committed unto him until that day. I'm not worried. I'm confident of this very thing that he who began the work in me will bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm not worried. I know who God is. God and I talk. Some of the pictures you've seen this morning... The baby, that's a stock photo. I don't know whose baby that was. I don't know whose teenager that was either I threw on the screen, but I know who that lady right there is. It's my grandmother. I remember my senior year of Gardner-Webb. I commuted. I was going to drive back to school, and my grandfather passed away Sometime before, and my mom told me on the way out the driveway to drive back down 85 and 150 out of Gaffney. 
My grandmother lived in Cowpens. What a great name for a town. Cowpens. If you ever tell somebody up north, you know, about Cowpens, they're going, run that by me one more time. Cowpens. Cowpens. And I, my mom said, will you swing by there and check on it's her mother? Will you check on your grandmother on the way back to school? I said, sure, mom. I drive over there. I remember turning down the gravel, kind of a paved gravel road that she lived on. I went down, pulled in the driveway. No cars because my grandfather, uh, she never learned to drive because he was quite the chauffeur and the, and the chivalry and gentleman. He drove her everywhere. And she one time said, I need to get my license. And he said, there's no need because I'll be with you to take you wherever you want to go. She never learned how to drive. So there was no car. I remember pulling in the driveway and looking at the at the, back, the front door of the porch, and of course the door was open, screen door was there, and of course in those days, that was probably back in 1990, in those days you could still leave your door open and be safe. I remember going in the four-room house that they had there, and I started to shout for her, Grandma, where are you? Grandma, Grandma! No answer. I started to get a little nervous. I went between the living room and this little short hallway where the bathroom was right into the kitchen. And as I enter the kitchen, I look out through the windows of the kitchen and their back porch, concrete porch wrapped around. And I look out the window and there she sits on the back steps. And she was sitting on the steps and she had her Bible. She was sitting there. Tears were streaming down her face as she was reading. And the tears were hitting the pages and she would just rub the pages and she would just just keep on reading. And I just stood there and I watched. And I thought, there is no way I'm going to interrupt that conversation because she and God are having a serious conversation. She knew God. She's with him now, but she knew God. Folks, God wants us to grow up. If the world looks at us and sees, yes, they have Jesus, their sins are forgiven, but that's where we have planted ourselves for 20 or 30 years, we're sending a confusing message about what it means to know God. God wants us to grow up in maturity, and one of the things that happens when you become a spiritual parent, you become a spiritual father or spiritual mother, One of the things that happens is, what happens? You know, you start to reproduce. Because fathers and mothers are who reproduce and other spiritual babies are born. Guess what that's called? Discipleship. Discipleship is not coming to classes as great as those are, and we usually have those on Sunday evenings here at Crossroads, and filling out blanks in a book and going, I have been discipled. That is not discipleship. Discipleship is action. Discipleship is growing up and becoming more like Jesus. And part of the reason I think a lot of our young people in churches across America are just saying, I'm done with churches, they're tired of filling out the blanks in a book. Help me put my faith into action and go out and live for Jesus in a world that's crazy. It's growing up. It's growing up. And it's hard to do. But not really. If the Spirit of God lives within us and we're tuned into Him, we will grow up spiritually just like we grow up physically. Do you and I know more Scripture 
now than we did when we first got saved? Do we know God better now than when we first got saved? You have to be careful because you can slide into being very legalistic and that's not what I'm talking about. I don't get up and try to have, and I miss sometimes, by the way, I'll just be honest, I miss sometimes with God each day. I try to get with God each day, but sometimes I miss. But you know what? In case you haven't noticed, I miss a few meals every now and then, but I still, I still go eat. And though I may miss a meal spiritually, I don't go, well, I missed a meal, so I give up. I quit. No! I make up for it the next time. God wants us to spiritually start growing up. And here's an interesting thing that I've discovered. It has nothing to do with your age. I was at a camp in Georgia a couple weeks ago with some teenagers. Tried to get them to practice social distancing. I did. I wasn't in charge of the camp. I was just a camp pastor. But what impressed me about them was 16, 17 years old. Before an invitation or before even God's word was spoken, on their hands and knees, crying out to God for their friends. And I thought, there's some spiritual adults right there. They're 13, 14, 15, but they're spiritual adults. So it's not tied to your age. There's some of us maybe we're 50, 60 years old and maybe we're still spiritual babies. Only, only God can, can tell you where you are. As we wrap up, there, there's actually one other group of people that John doesn't mention, but it's kind of implied. And I mentioned it earlier. There's the people over here in this group that aren't even spiritual babies yet. And why aren't they spiritual babies? Because they haven't yet been born again. So to grow spiritually, maybe, maybe this is you for many, many years in the church, for about seven years in the church, and I grew up in a great one, but for about seven years in the church, I tried to spiritually grow up, and I wasn't even born yet spiritually. I was a good church member, and I was spiritually uh, not growing up. I was growing up as a church member. I had filled out the card. I had been dunked in the baptistry, held down an extra long by my pastor. All those things had happened, but you know what? Spiritually, there was no rebirth. There was nothing that happened. So all of us in here, including myself, fit into one of those four categories. We are either over here, we have not yet been spiritually born. We have been born again. We are a spiritual baby. We know our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. We know we have a father. Maybe we're growing in maturity and now we're a spiritual teenager. We know we've overcome the evil one because the word of God abides in us. And we also abide in the word of God. Maybe we've even grown past that to now we're like, I'm ready to start reproducing spiritual babies. Where are you this morning, church family? More than anything. Oh, that you could just peel back spiritually and see my spiritual heart. More than anything, my prayer for myself. And for us as a church, is that we would be spiritually growing up. Because when that happens, the world's going to be impacted. There's no, there's no alternative. The world will be changed. Because we will start growing in our spiritual maturity, and God will use that and impact our community and our country. Would you pray with me this morning? If you're watching at home this morning, I want to encourage you to ask God as well, where, where are you? There'll be a link there on the screen that you can text the word connect to that phone number and someone would love to reach out and pray with you if you need prayer. But for those of us here this morning, 
I just want to do something, I guess, a little different because we're still in this crazy time of trying to be safe and social distance for our church family. I want you just to ask the Lord, God, where am I this morning? And let him answer. You know, a lot of times when I ask this question, most people want to put themselves in the spiritual teenager box because that's the easiest box to fit in because none of us want to be spiritual babies. And maybe some of us think, well, man, I know I'm not all that to be a spiritual adult, but as, as much as you might want to put yourself in there, if that's kind of where you think you fit, that's fine. But I want to ask you this morning, where, where are you? And as we wrap up, I want to give you an opportunity just to respond to the Lord. And the first question would be, do you know Jesus? Do you know you have a Father? Do you know your sins are forgiven? And if you're visiting today, we are so glad that you're here. Maybe you'd say today, you know what? I, I don't know Jesus personally. I, I don't know Him as my Heavenly Father through God. I am I, not sure that I've forgiven my sins. You can know that today by being born again, by coming to Jesus and saying, I surrender my life. I want to be a part of the family of God. And if that's you this morning, I just want to ask you, nobody's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that's you this morning, just say, you know what? I need to know Jesus today. Would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you today? Would anybody be so bold and honest to say, that's me today. I need to know Jesus. I'd love to pray for you. For the rest of us today, I just want to ask those three questions and quickly give you time to respond. If you'd say, Jack, this morning I, I, I think I'm a spiritual baby. I need to start feeding myself. I want to grow up spiritually. Would you just, right there in your pew or in your seat, would you just stand and confess that to the Lord and just have a word of prayer with Him? If you want somebody to pray with you, Heath and I will be standing down front in just a minute. But if you need to do business with God, church family, this is, this is your time. If you'd say, I, I'm a spiritual baby, Lord, would you help me grow up? Just stand and do business with the Lord this morning, right there in your seat. If you're a spiritual teenager, say, God, I'm learning to overcome the evil one. I really need to spend more time in your word so I can do that. You, you just stand too right there in your seat and do business with the Lord this morning. Say, Lord, I'm a spiritual teenager. Help me grow up. Help me grow up. Maybe this morning for a few of us, I know there are a few in this room, you'd say, you know what, I am so thankful that God has matured me over my life and I am a spiritual parent, but I, I want to start replicating, reproducing, discipling. I just want to ask you just to stand and also do business with God. Church family, this is your time. This is our invitation time, the most important time of our service for you, just to be honest with the Lord. How about it? If you need to come down front, then I'll be standing down here as well. If you need to pray, you feel free to do that. I'm going to ask everybody, if you would, just to stand. If you need to talk to somebody, Heath and I will be standing here just being an attitude of prayer. If you need to do business with God, yes, you can do that right there from your seat, from your pew. But if you'd just like for one of us to pray with you, we'd love to do that. We'll give you a few minutes, just you and the Lord, and then I'll close us.